Sunday pour. We are back. These are the uh, these are the dog days of summer, man. August. You want to talk about a month with just no identity? What a shithole of a month. I felt it today. Felt I, think, it. I think it does have an identity of just being sticky and disgusting, like balls sticking to your thigh type month. That's the identity of it. The swamp ass of months, literally yeah. and figuratively. Exa- yeah, exa- nailed it. Yeah, exactly. There you go. You just blessed it with an identity. And I gave it a little character. I gave it a little but character. A little well-deserved, too. It didn't, you didn't just give him that, that nickname. It, it earned it. Yeah, and the thing about today, we don't talk about the weather on this show, but mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing about today is it's, like, hot and sticky out. And it's not even like the sun's not even out. It's just like an overcast, sticky, Can't even disgusting enjoy it. day. That's yeah. August. When I think of August, it's today. <laughs> today was today was August to a T. It was almost beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we don't get too many more of those. We're due for like a heat wave, like with some sun though. I don't need any more of this muggy crap. Yeah, you know, you got you gotta you make the best of August. You know, what do you look forward to? You have uh, your fantasy football drafts, those usually happen in late August. Mm-hmm. I'm going to a Yankee game, mm-hmm. um, so I'm looking forward to the train ride. Not necessarily watching them play. Uh, but, you know, yeah. Uh, someone should someone should tell them that. <laughs> but it, but it's you know it's basically like guys chopping at the bit, looking ahead to football and. The girls are looking ahead to uh, whatever pumpkin bullshit they're into. <laughs> That's what August is. Yeah, I'm slowly getting that football itch. Like, I, I didn't watch any of the NFL stuff this weekend. Like, I don't get into it like that. No. Like no. the Hall of Fame stuff. And uh, I didn't watch the Hall of Fame game. And no. <laughs> once, once, like, preseason starts on Thursday, like, I'll pop in. Okay, if the Giants are playing, I'll pop in at some point. And then if it's on and I'm watching TV and I'm flipping around, that's like a stop. I'll watch like, you know, not a drive, but maybe like a couple downs. It's funny you say that because I made the conscious decision like right before I came on here. Yeah. I, set the, I set the DVR for Hard Knocks and I never watch Hard Knocks. Yeah. I just always forget about it. I, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to watch it this year because it's the fucking Cowboys. And I don't want to spend any time with those shitheads. Oh, see, I'm like looking forward to it because it's the Cowboys, because that's a circus. I just I feel like it's not the circus anymore. I know Jerry's just like a, a three ring leader, but I don't know. Does Mike McCarthy have any personality? Like, I don't, they're going to make Dak out to be a superhero. That's what's know. great about it, though, is they, they build up whoever's on hard knocks, and it's just funny because it's usually just a mediocre team. And I know the old deal of that is like the, the hard knock team has never won the Super Bowl, which is not saying much because it's, I mean, one out of 32 shot. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's funny seeing them build. And it's funny seeing them build up like the shitty guy who ends up getting cut like halfway through episode two. <laughs> it's even funnier when uh, you see guys load up on hard knocks guys in fantasy and they all, yeah. shit, the, and they all shit the bed. It's like you yeah. cannot – I mean, I know our people in our leagues listen, but you cannot draft guys from hard knocks that are built up at all. You're just, you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, so I think I'm going to do it this year. I never, I never get in. I always forget it's on. It's up against baseball. 
And then before you know it, you dig yourself a hole. What am I going to go back and watch old episodes of Hard Knocks? I'm I'm not going to binge watch it. No, I don't think you have to watch every episode, though. I think you just pop in. Like if, that's, if, that's what I've done in the past. A little pop in. Yeah, yeah. Can't sleep. It's on at like 1230. I'll be watching. Who the fuck am I kidding? Of course I'll be watching it. It's on HBO. You're going to find yourself on HBO at some yeah. point late at night. It's going to be on, and you're going to you know, catch like the last 20 minutes of an episode. The that's music on. is pretty good. Yeah, music is great. The, the, uh, is uh, Liev Shriver still doing the – voiceover i mean it's another reason yeah it's it's, it's a it's a five-star production man it's, it's hbo more than it is football it's the hbo attraction that like brings you in hbo ification of the if, nfl if, come on if espn did hard knocks it would not be anywhere near as good it'd be atrocious no, yeah it'd, it'd be, be terrible. terrible you'd have like chris mortensen and uh adam schefter uh, like, we all breaking should, in we all chefs all the time yeah, they love just hyping up those dork personalities so much. I think that's just—I think that's just basically what the sports, like the mainstream sports media, is. Right? It's just—it's a lot of dorks. Dork with person with with quote unquote personalities. Yeah, do anything they can to get to the top, man. Just be a sniveling little weasel. Yeah, some of those guys, I guess, I respect, but like, not not really. <laughs> Not a who's, lot the, <laughs> who's the coolest like sports guy? Are you Woody Page guy? Yeah, I like Woody Page a little bit back in the day. He's got a you know he he does a little shtick, but he's a guy you'd want to have a bear with, I guess, more you so like than. The, and you like the PTI guys, right? Like Will Bond and uh, Kornheiser. You could do a lot worse than the show was a little gimmicky, but like they were one of the first ones to do it. So I, I do I don't I don't mind Wilpon and Cornheiser. Uh, These are like the new those are like the old breed of guys though we're talking about. You know, we haven't mentioned we we have not mentioned Schefter. We have not mentioned uh, Darren Ravel or anybody like that. Oh no! <laughs> How about a guy like Ryan Rucco? Could you hang with Ryan Rucco? You think? <sighs> I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure because he always seems to be like an announcer mode. So you feel like you'd be sitting there with him having a beer, and he'd be like doing play by play of what was going on. He'd be <laughs> like, dude, relax. Well, there's the, just like the voice. So like it wouldn't even. He be. He might be having a regular conversation, but it would have the same. Uh, what was the word? Like the same tone and the cadence. same. Cadence. Thank you. The same cadence as when he's calling a game. I, I I root for Ruko to do well. I'm happy that as well, but are you grading know. him on a Michael K curve though? Is that part it's of the a, you, you like it's, a, it's a big part of it, yeah. For sure. For sure. Because whenever I know whenever I listen to him, I don't have to worry about uh K showing up. Yeah, I feel like you'd get sick of him too, but again, the Michael K effect is real. Yeah. Yeah, he's Michael K is the worst announcer you could possibly have for your team. Like the days of the days of Howard Cosell, like those guys are. Well, there's nothing even close to that. Yeah, yeah. The last guy was uh, out in L.A. Um, you know the name. The Dodgers. Vince Scully. Yeah, Vince Scully. Thank you. I was at a loss there. Oh yeah. Couldn't come up with Cadence. Come up. Couldn't come up. Come up with Vince Scully. Just struggling over there. To get John the Miller's still calling Giants games. Well, he's. I think he's radio though. Okay. All right, that's good. You got uh, is a guy in Chicago still doing games? Hawk Harrelson. 
See, the guy took over for... It's a huge homer. Was that, that yeah. a, Cubs, a Cubs guy or a White Sox? No, uh, White Sox. Probably. Those guys, yeah, those guys. Put it on the board, yeah. that guy? Those, I'm almost certain he is. I mean, I, I haven't heard him, but... These are play-by-play guys, though. I guess the words, we started on more analysts yeah. or more like reporters. Yeah, the, per, the reporter with personality. This is going to be tough because neither of us prepared for this, but yeah, it's the reporter with personality that I sometimes just am disgusted with. How about, how about Ed Werder? Uh, he's like a Cowboys guy? Or yeah, he's a Cowboys guy. I wonder if you're going to see, see him on Hard Knocks. Uh, I don't really know Ed Werder. Ed Werder seems like a guy that just wouldn't He's like an old school, same thing, an old school kind of guy. I don't think he would bother me too much. Yeah, I'm not never been Ed Werder. I don't know if it's because of the Cowboys or he just seems a little bit stiff. stiff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Tidy whitey guy for sure. <laughs> Ed Werder. Wow. That's weird. How do you get linked up with a specific team? Like Ed Werder is just always, I think he actually got laid off by ESPN. But for years, he was always coming to you from the you know, Cowboy camp or from Cowboy Stadium. How does that happen? Was he a beat guy? And then he just kind of got linked up with, the, with ESPN because it wasn't like Kim Jones, a beat guy, a beat gal, and then she started doing CBS stuff. Not ESPN, but like they go to her. Oh, CBS, I guess. If you, if you work with CBS, you can do all of it. But I guess that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, I don't know. She was, she was Giants, right? Or she probably still is Giants. I think. I think she's now like all NFL. But yeah, that's she pretty. It's pretty good gig. Yeah, Kim Jones is all right. How about Kyle Brandt? <laughs> We've I forgot to mention him on the Real World segment last last. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Believe it or not, I like Kyle Brandt a lot. He he's the guy I never thought I would like. Like he was on that NFL, the, the Good Morning Football show. Yes. And I never thought I would like him. I was like, why is he on this stupid show? And then, like, I had to have something on at work, and I just kept having NFL Network on for some reason. And he just grew on me. And I'm like, now, I, now same. Like, I really, I do the you know, same thing. I like, root for the guy. I'm glad he does well. He has a cool podcast. He's just, a Philly guy, though. Oh, uh, well. I didn't know that until just now. So well, uh, I think he's a silly falls, guy. He falls flat on his face then. <laughs> um, yeah, you could do a lot worse than Kyle Brandt. It could be my real world fandom, but he's not—he's not bad. He—he comes—he's a little corny, but like you have to be to do TV, especially that show, like that morning show. And they, oh man, they're there for like three hours, man. Every day, even on the off season, it's crazy. Oh, it's, it's tough, man. That's challenging. Yeah, yeah. You like him better than Schrager, right? <laughs> yeah, Schrager's okay, but I'm, I'm not. Yeah. yeah, I like him better than Schrager, though. So. <laughs> Pretty sure Schrager is the uh, Schrager is the guy who's friends with uh, play at the plate there. Schrager's the guy who's friends with uh, uh, what's the face McVeigh. That's like his boy. That's probably a way to move your way up, man. Just with, you got to have sources. Look at Woj with the NBA. Yeah, he's got a couple contacts. I think he may have been in there. He's have a couple contacts, and then you kind of parlay that into being something bigger than you really are. You're just friendly with people, and then also you make a career out of it. 
I think so. Yeah. Networking. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta put yourself out there. See, it's part of like being an ass kisser. You gotta like get in with the right people. Always, always thinking about that career. That's what those sports guys do. Yeah. Yeah. Like Stephen A, Skip Bayless. And those guys have just become just like caricatures. Oh yeah. Those guys. I can't, I have no time for those people. Right, they're 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 more reality TV stars than uh, journalists. Yeah, even uh, what's his face, Clay Travis, like he admits that he's doing a shtick, that he's doing it just. I mean, I'm sure he believes probably most of the stuff he talks about, but he says he's really playing a part, and it's just to get because he knows that people will listen to that, people will get you know get behind him on it, giving the fans what they want. Yeah, basically, yeah. How did he get on that? How did he get on that gambling show? Like I know how Furman got on there. He's just like a you know what he does for a living. Cousin Sal, degenerate gambler. Yeah. Like, no, what is Clay I Travis? I don't know what Clay Travis. I think it's probably just the demographic. Like he'll bring in a certain a certain demographic. The conservative. Yeah. What is a Clay Travis? I don't know. I'm not a big fan of his at all. Nah, he's yeah, he's a. Uh, it's very sticky and just catering. Wow, they they called him out. I thought he got in there. All right. Um, I uh, got to live. I got to cross something off the bucket list Saturday. I ruined the surprise party. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's not, it's, not, it's not as good as I had built it up in my dreams because it's not like people were hiding or anything and I ruined it. Okay. But, uh, like, we were getting out of the car and the car pulling, car pulling up with the guest of honor was getting there and they saw us, so. But everyone was out in the front lawn because the, it wasn't, it was, the party was kind of in the front. So, it's not like. Oh, the car. anyway. Yeah, end of a cul-de-sac, though, and it's summer, so people are still doing parties and stuff, so it wasn't that obvious. Okay. But, uh, but you were the still, first one. You were the first, first one. First one to be seen, yeah. All right. I was just like, oh, and not, and, and, and not part of the party, or not yet part of the party, so yeah, I guess that, that, that constitutes a ruining. No, it's getting stuff out of the car, yeah. It's still, uh, yeah, still not a part of the party. Absolutely. Yeah. So you were late. Well, I was purposely wanted to be late i i purposely wanted to get there after the surprise i don't i don't like getting there for the surprise so you stalled or it was just planned that you're leaving at a certain time or were you stalled? i heard the party started at three which is i assumed that's when the surprise was yeah or maybe it started at two and i assumed it was going to be at three so i left my house at three half hour drive yankees were rallying so i was going a little bit slower because i wanted to make sure i caught the whole inning uh, and still got there basically when the uh, birthday girl yeah. got there. Party started at two, and the two birthday- or three. Uh, well, that's a big difference. If it started at three and she got there at three thirty or whatever, that's fine. But if it started at two, and you got there at three thirty, and she got there at three thirty, you're gonna go there for an hour and a half, hang out with all these idiots, waiting for the surprise. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I. Did- it was out of my hands. There was no like official invite. I was just told that we're leaving the house at three and that's what time the party started. All that's right. it. Well, <laughs> that's all I you got. Did, you did your part. I did. I did. You know, it wasn't exactly how I envisioned it. Like it wasn't like people hiding and shit, but 
still a win's a win. It counts counts in the uh seems like a little bit of a half-assed surprise party. I mean it wasn't a big crowd. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't like 50 people. There was nobody hiding behind furniture. Person doesn't have a lot of friends. Uh I don't know the deal. I think her husband kind of planned it. You know what I mean? I think he may have done that. I think he may have done the half-ass planning. <laughs> I, I think I think his wife even said it. Like he, well, and he also put it together last minute. It's like when you try and get people together last minute in the summer, everyone's got something. Yeah, you can't except, do that. Yeah. Except us, we had no life, so we were there. <laughs> <laughs> My wife pulled the hand off on me. Oh, you told her well. Yeah, there was there was a guy there who. Nice guy and all, just I don't want to. I don't want to oh, talk. Can, can, we, can we stop? Wait a second. I got to stop you in your tracks before you get going. Can we stop that? I really. Every time we got a problem with somebody, it's like, hey, he's a nice guy, but I really don't want to talk to him. Maybe he's not that fucking nice of a guy. I'm, I, well, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Nah, we can't preempt this stuff with. Uh, he was a nice. I don't care if he's a nice guy or not. Is he annoying? Does he talk too much? No, he just wanted to have. A, he just wanted to chat. Uh, I don't care if he's a nice guy or not. Oh, this, no, he's a nice guy. He's probably nicer than I am. He's a, oh, he's a, he's a nice guy, but he, but he served me undercooked uh, chicken. They gave me food poisoning. That's not, he's not a fucking nice guy. Uh, you know, every, every, every time we got a problem with somebody, not just not you, just in general, every time we have a problem with somebody, it's like, oh, he's a nice guy, but that isn't, that isn't uh, I think we keep it pretty real when, uh, on this show. I think we no, make I it clear like, when I, someone's a prick. I'm not calling you out. I'm saying in society, <laughs> society at large, we all, people always do that where they, they have a problem, you know, big or small with somebody, and they had to preface it by saying he's a nice guy. But He was actually introduced to me before he got, before he got there because he was like kind of new, I don't know, a fiance to one of the friends that was there to the girl whose party it was. Okay. The way he was introduced to me before he was even there is that he was super nice. So right there, when I hear that, I'm like, eh, all right, I don't know. Something might be off. And I think something may have been off. Smiling a lot. Uh, not so much smiling a lot, but it was just, he was, I don't know. Something's, a, something's off. Got a bounce in his voice. Too eager, too eager for small talk. Oh, yeah, I didn't sound like a nice guy at all. Too eager, man. I was standing there with my wife, and like, Trying I think it it had come up where they worked kind of similar, uh, lo- similar location, like in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I fucking saw it coming because he's standing there, I'm in the middle, <laughs> and she's next to me, and like, I, it's just like. I mean, it's like the triple option. Like, I saw it coming, and I just couldn't stop it. <laughs> I knew she didn't want to talk to. I knew she didn't want to talk to. I think he. I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to bring up the c word, but I think he. It, it was made known at some point that he was like an anti-vaxer or not vaccinated, and I think right then, like my wife had a funeral for him. So I knew when he when he went to talk to her, I'm like, she's gonna pass him off to me in like 15 seconds, and that's what happened. And, like, this guy with the small talk, man. I mean, all right, he met his fiance. They had a kid or whatever. They both owned condos. They both sold them, and they pulled their money together, and they bought a place. It's, like, the same exact shit I did with my wife. 
but a, nor a normal person would have been like, oh, that's great. That's exactly what we did. <laughs> Me, I'm like, great. I got to go to the bathroom. And I just bail <laughs> on him. Bail on him. Fuck out of here. Real, I don't need to know nice your guy. fucking finances. <laughs> real nice you guy. idiot. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Got the handoffs. It's, hey, you can taste of my own medicine, I guess. You know, it's, I was proud and I was also kind of <laughs> – Pissed. Yeah, you had to. You had to be proud. Fucking handoff. Listen, you got. You got to do it. Just the fact that you saw it from a mile away. Yeah, it's just not, nothing you could. Nothing you could do about it. Sometimes you're in a party. Bears flowing. Keg. There's not a keg. Sorry, cooler full of bush light. So I felt like oh, at home there. Pretty nice party. Pretty classy. I like that. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, front yard party, you got to have something classy, you know. <laughs> you got to have something classy in the cooler. Is there a slip and slide out there? No, they, they did set up beer pong, though. Nice, nice. All right. That was nice. I've been itching for a game. I haven't had a game in a long time. Itching to get. Yeah, I, uh, yeah I had the itch on Saturday. I got, I got put, on, put on the list. Some, I, got, I ended up in the first game somehow. Oh, nice. With my wife, and uh, man, I was just like, I, I played Memorial Day weekend at a party, and I was atrocious. On Saturday, I felt like in, I was in the groove, man. I like felt like I turned back the clock. We we lost in like, I think it was triple overtime, uh, and the the competition was not very. That, that's what bothered me more than anything is like the competition we lost to. Mm -hmm. And these people ended up like going on a run and winning like five, six in a row. Oh, man. Yeah. It all started. It all started with you. It did. It did. I hit some big shots. I just, I just, I felt locked in and uh, we came up a cup short. By the way, this rule I did not mind because I was the kid I was playing. It was his house. So I was going by his rules. First of all, 10 cup, two yeah. racks. No problem with that. I like and six cup, but still, 10 cup, two racks is perfect. No yep. bullshit rules. Nothing like that. But in order to move the games along, and this was the only game that went to overtime, I think, because I saw the other people playing, and there was, I don't think there was any overtime. No one was really good there. It was disgusting. It was disgusting that I lost. Like, my wife thought I was mad at her. I was just like, no, nah, I'm just mad because I should have been able to take those two chumps by myself. <laughs> she <laughs> thought you were mad at her? <laughs> God, because I was like, you know, because, like, I, I, I get mad. And then I see her when she's fine afterwards. So part of me was mad at her. I didn't admit it. Like that she was able to shake the law. That's all I ask. I'm not asking for someone to just play great on my team. Just care as much as I do. That's yeah. all. No, we don't I, put him our teammates. As, if, you no. have, if you have a bad game, if you have a bad game, that's fine. But I want you to know that you, I want you to feel bad too. Yeah, of course. Because then I'm like, because then I'm like, after the game's over and the game, and you know, there's more games going on. Like I'm watching the table, like fucking. Son of a bitch. Like, I can't just, like, step away. It's like a roulette wheel. When you lose all your money, you got to just walk away because then you're, you're going to see oh, your numbers come out. The worst. You got to just walk away. Yeah. That's how it is with beer pong. Just don't, like, link. Like, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm sitting to the side. I'm like, ah, oh, God. And I just, uh, yeah, I'm like, no, I'm not mad at you, which I wasn't mad at her. I was, just, I was more mad that she didn't care as much. It's a team game. You can't you – don't, you don't take out losses on your teammates. Nah, you can't. Uh, you can't. Yeah. Hard, hard fought uh, battle. Well, uh, there's a couple in history that you could take it out on. A couple. 
I don't think I've ever taken it out on a teammate. I really don't think I ever have. I never played with any of the people that I would take it out on. But there are people I can think of that I would give shit to if I happen to play on their teams. Now, would you take it out on them for their performance or, like, just mental errors? or like? Because <laughs> I feel like performance – like, if someone just it doesn't have it, it's hard to – well, I think the I think the reason that we never do get on our teammates is because we, like you said, we do feel like we should make every cup. Yes, if so you could point back to a moment in the game where if you make a cup, you win. Yeah. Then you feel like you feel like shit. Destiny was in your hands, and you blew it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So even yeah, even if you have a bad teammate and you're you know making one at you feel like you should make one at two every time. Yeah, I was doing that too. I was fucking. <laughs> I was keeping pace with both the, the, with these two kids, uh, and then well, what I did like that they did was uh, in order to keep the game moving. Even mm-hmm. though this, like I said, it's the only game that went to OT. Mm-hmm. Uh, one cup overtime. Wow, whoa! Which, if you saw the way my wife was shooting, I was fine with one cup <laughs> <in> overtime. <laughs> Because <laughs> they originally they said three, and he was like, "No, nah. I was like, we got it." Because they did have a long, like they had a yeah. list of teams, and they wanted to, you know, speed the game up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "All right, let's just do one cup." I was like, "Yeah, man, your rules, whatever, we'll do one cup." <laughs> oh, quick, quick, quick! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I got the I got the the, the juices flowing again. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's got to feel good. It did. It did. I mean, the losing sucked, but, like, I, I felt like, even though I didn't when I redeemed myself a little bit from Memorial Day. In my own brain. No one was there. No one was there from the same party. It was just, like, more of an ego, self-esteem sort of thing. Well, you're rusty. You know, you had to get back in the groove a little bit. Yes. Yes, exactly. A little outdoor, a little outdoor action. Brave the elements. Wasn't any wind. How was the wind? There was one. There was one shot that I shot that was way off. And I was like, "Fucking wind!" <laughs> there's always one of those. When there's always one of those when you when you're playing outside mm-hmm. and you shoot it and you're just like, "Oh man!" Did not. That was the worst possible time to shoot the thing. Just like, just not even close. Like Scott Norwood, man. Thing just takes a left turn and you're like, "Oh, that was terrible." <laughs> well, Scott Norwood just choked. <laughs> yeah. Big difference. Yeah, there was no wind that day. It's a good point. <laughs> It just looks like a wiffle ball coming out of your hand. That's the worst. Yeah. We got uh, – what's, what's worse if you're at work? If you're at work do you, and you – okay, so, so let me ask you – I can preface it a different way. So two people came back from vacation today. Mm-hmm. Now, would you like, – if I'm coming back from vacation, I really don't want to relive my vacation with people from the office. On the other hand, I don't want to hear about other people's vacations either. Meanwhile, that's all that happened today. People were asking them, and they're recounting the whole vacation. Did you hear the multiple? (laughs) I mean, I heard. Did you hear the same story multiple times? Well, I just heard like in the in the background. I knew like what was going on, so I only heard them. I heard the stories maybe. I heard one once, and I heard one twice. So multiple people. Okay, I just don't know. So which, where do these people go? I don't know what's worse. Telling, telling about your. I gotta come back from vacation. So get back to work. You know, it's time to work. Vacation's yeah. over. 
no, it was nothing like nothing about their vacations that was particularly. I didn't want to hear it. I just I don't hear about other people and like close personal friends and stuff. Like I'll hear about your vacations, but otherwise, you're just bragging about me being at work last week. Yeah, I. I gotta be honest. I don't, I don't really ever tell people about my vacations. <laughs> sure, you do. Like I might. I might tell you. I, I'll tell. I'll like. I mean, I'll bring it up like years later on a podcast, maybe <laughs> some original. I got stories from New Orleans, Dallas. I'm just. I, I'm, I have in the arsenal for whenever uh, I need them. You don't need. Yeah, to, but... You don't need to like fucking tell everyone the day you get back. <laughs> no, I mean they weren't recounting like the complete seven day trip, but it's you know. Again, I don't hear really, people get into like long conversations about the vacation. Come on, and you talk about uh, people get excited. People get really excited to talk about vacation, whether you're the one who was on it or you're talking about someone else's. Especially if that person, especially if they've been where you've been, oh, people get love, super excited. They love to have that conversation. Yeah, they love to have that common common ground. We talked. We talked about uh, networking before. Uh, yeah. one one guy, like the two people that left were above me right and there's mm-hmm. one guy below me like made a point to go to both of their like one has an office one has a cubicle made a point to like go to the guy's office and go to the cubicle and have long conversations how they were doing how they're like oh man you're not fooling anybody i mean maybe you are but you're not fooling me he wanted to hear about the vacation or he wanted to, to tell just, the vacation which guy is which no he's asking about how the vacation was asking his superiors how the vacation was how they're doing good to see him this and that going all over everything man just make on out of his way he goes in he's like, i don't mean to bother you no you just settle in and then 15 minutes later they're done talking i don't mean to bother you you're settling in why having 15 minute conversation then oh man <laughs> I don't mean to bother you. And then I set up shop. <laughs> yeah, am I gonna take a guy take a chair? <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, people like it. People, uh, the vacation small talk kill yeah. a little bit of time in a Monday morning. We have things to do, man. Come on, busy day. Well, procrastinating small talk. Uh, not time for that. <laughs> so, where these, did they hear where these people went? Anywhere inter- interesting? Uh, no, one guy was kind of home, and the other one went to the other. Oh, he talked about a home vacation. No, but I don't think he. I don't. I'm not sure how like, eager he was to talk about it. Like I said, he got ambushed oh. by him and like, a couple other people throughout the day. Oh, so I'm thinking. I'm thinking this guy's going out of his way to tell people like he's the one ambushing. No, I think every time it was it was somebody asking. I don't think I don't think like they I don't think they ambushed like guess what I did last week no ah no that's like a nervous tick that's like a nervous tick that uh, people have like they feel like they have to ask that question yeah yeah it's a, it's like a panic it's a panic question well I think it's like the follow up it's like uh, do you just ask how was your vacation that's it it was nice thanks. Like if you see somebody with and a tan, people panic and they're like, where were you? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay. Also, they get Sherlock Holmes on you. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I just have – like Luke Voigt can't play first base. He had a real nice play yesterday. He did. He, that was an unfair error. Unfair. No, what, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. It, the, the play where he kind of hustled to the bag and dove. Yeah, it's game. fine. 
Loisaga's booking. We had to take Tyon out of the game for this. 87 pitches. Four hits. I mean, he was pitching great. He had the leadoff single. I don't, I don't see. Ah, oh, Boone can't wait. He's getting tossed. Yeah, because he realized he fucked up. <laughs> he realized they should. <laughs> he knows. He doesn't want to be here for the end of it. And this is like the replacement umpire, too. Replacement umpire? Guy took a wild pitch off the uh, oh, chest man, protector. Yeah. He had to be replaced. How often do you think you'd get tossed as a big league manager? A lot, uh, right? I mean, probably less now. That's what you can argue. I mean, how many times do you see a balk? <laughs> I'm not. I, I've, always been a little, I've always been a little confused by the balk, uh, by the balk rule. That's like a nervous tick, the balk. Kind of incorrect movement from the pitcher, from the mound. Like to me, right there, that looked like he was stepping off. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the story was there. Yeah, I you're was. Not, you're not supposed to be trying to deceive the run. Like I, I, I've always been confused by what's a block, what isn't. I think it's. I think it's. I think it'd be very hard to get thrown out a lot in this day and age. Yeah, but balls and strikes. I mean, if you are if you argue balls and strikes, the automatic ejection. I feel like that'd be my biggest. Right. So how many times how many times a year would I have to deal with Angel Hernandez? Yeah, right. So just tie that up. That and like if you, and if you and if you saw one, it's like if you saw one bad call, one bad strike, you know, ball strike call, like you'd uh, you'd it'd be hard for you to keep it in. Uh, it's got balls and strikes has to be like a pattern. Like every, every umpire can miss a call. I mean, if it's like the eighth inning. And it's an egregious miss. Don't be pissed. Yeah, two one count. Yeah, goes for, goes from two two to three one. Yeah, uh, drive me nuts. But if it's like the second inning and the guy just misses a call, and, you know he'll make it up. Umpires do make up calls. I do. What, that's if, an like, umpire, what if an umpire is in? What if a an umpire is consistent, but he's still terrible? Like uh, <laughs> I think it was Sunday's game, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or Saturday's game, the guy had – I think it was Sunday's game, actually. Had a, had a wide strike zone for both teams. He was I, – I could honestly say he was terrible. Is that something you could live with? But, or do you – like if a call goes against your guy in a big spot, you're just going to lose it? I, I wonder because uh, if he's terrible both ways and you start giving him shit – and he tightens up against your guys, you're hurting your team, you know? Would you argue then? Because he'll keep his strike zone for the other guys who are keeping their mouth shut, but he'll tighten up for your guys. And you're doing more harm than good. Yeah. Do you think Luke Voigt's head is in the game? No, because I heard like a little bit of his his interview, and he's just he seems like miffed about you know Rizzo being there and he's like he understands it but he doesn't he thought he was in the trade he's like talking about being in trade talks and stuff I'm like well you're here man now it's just time to move forward that's what you gotta think like don't think about the trade deadline it's over yeah right because I because I'm trying to be fair like he shouldn't be happy that his job has been taken like you know what I mean no one wants to be replaced 
but in the other breath, like you have an opportunity to go out there and play now for at least 10 days. Yep. A little, a little cunty. Yeah, he seemed like a little mopey when he was when that when I heard him interviewed. A little I mean, more. Like he a did little, have a rough game too, so that might have been part of it. A little bit like Eeyore. Well, you don't need that. <laughs> Eeyore. Yeah. You got Winnie Eeyore. the Pooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why when you said Eeyore, I thought Snuffleupagus. Little Snuffy, little Eeyore. <laughs> yeah. Two little Snuffleupagus mixed in there. Two peas in the same pod. They do not make depressed children's characters anymore. Nobody just down in the dumps. Oh, it's a good thing, right? I guess. It's not really – it's not real, though. It's not true. It's not true to real life, you know? You need a couple. Need a couple I, mean, I mean, Sesame Street, the whole premise of Sesame Street was ridiculous. A bunch of talking animals. Well, and one I lived right. in a trash can and – Yeah. Burn and Ernie. And he was a grouch. And they were, you know – Living whatever lifestyle they were living. Ernie, yeah, they yeah. were they were comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Who else did you have on there? Uh, Cookie Monster, Guy Smiley, Guy Smiley, Big great. Bird, Gordon, Maria, Mister Hooper. Wow, you're all over it. Those were I, I, I was talking more animals, but yeah, the I'm going for uh, everybody. Uh, Grover, Super Grover. Grover was a Muppet, though, wasn't he? Uh, no. Was he? Well, I don't know. Sesame Street and Muppets were kind of like same church. Grover might have. No, you're thinking of um, Gonzo. Yeah, oh, I am thinking of Gonzo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the old Sesame Streets would have uh, Kermit the Frog there, too. Oh, wow. Didn't realize that. I'm far. Do they still make Sesame Street? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. They kind of they, they they phased out Snuffy. He's not really around anymore. Cause he was depressed. I, I don't know. I'm not sure why. There's no room for it's tough man. They wrote him off. Yeah, low income housing. I guess he got evicted. I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> tough, tough, tough look for Snuffy. Uh, yeah, and it's like you got a lot more Elmo now. A lot more of this. Uh, what about Abby, Oscar? Abby character. He shows up occasionally. I haven't really watched. I guess they're a little bit too old for it now. Like, it'll show up once in a while on TV again, but kids are a little too old for Sesame Street now. But, uh, yeah, a couple years ago, Oscar, yeah, the Grouch would show up. Cookie Monster was always around. Bernard is still there? Bernard is still around. You know, I do like the skits. They, they didn't get, like, the skits they used to get. Hanging around in their in their crib there, yeah. Uh, a couple. Of Bert, is Bert still collecting uh, stamps? I would assume so. Hanging out with Bernice, his pigeon. Yeah, he's big into pigeons. Right? Yeah, big. He's like Mike Tyson. Yeah, the pigeons. <laughs> it's like Pope of Greenwich Village. Yeah. What was Ernie into? Rubber Bust, ducks, busting Bert's balls, <laughs> pissing <laughs> off Bert. Ernie. Ernie was the nagging wife in that relationship. <laughs> he was just uh he was the ball breaker, not nagging. He was just kind of finding ways to get under her skin. Yeah. Sounds like <laughs> sounds like he was the wife. Didn't really enjoy it though. He would. He would. Wow, Bert and Ernie still going strong. 
Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're like, uh, I wonder if there are any basis on like the odd couple. I was just thinking to say that. Felix, yeah. Felix and Oscar. That's a good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that one in a while. Uh, I remember, <laughs> isn't uh, Walter, Ma- Walter Matthau is Felix, right? Yeah, the, the, he's the dirty one, yeah. Right. I just remember from that movie, he's at the Mets game, right? He's a sports writer. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Jack Lemon calls him up to nag him about something. Like, I forget exactly what he's calling yeah. him about. So, find a cleaning product or something. And he misses a triple play in the background. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> I, was, I couldn't remember what the play was. But yeah, triple play. Yeah. yeah, it was a triple play. I'm pretty sure he's at Shea. Mm-hmm. Sure. They remade. Did they remake The Odd Couple? Are those Ooh. the they're the original odd couple? Lemon and Mathau? Uh I'm not well, it might have been a play first. I'm not sure. And if it was a play right. first, I I'm not sure you know, who the well, I think that was the first movie though, but they might have redone it though at some point. I'll just take Grumpy Old Men instead. Oh, Grumpy Old Men. Yeah, let's Excellent. Let's keep it going with uh with that tag team right there. They, I mean, those guys have been in like ten movies together. Yeah, they're in a bunch. Basically, yeah. a comedy comedy duo. Basically, Co- yeah. Made they heaven. were actually both in. This wasn't a comedy, but they, I think they were both in JFK. Did you ever see that? Not all of it. No, it's like seven hours. I don't. Know, you know. Yeah. Back and back, always, back and to the left. That's what's always held me back. I never saw it either. I heard us people who see it seem to have liked it, but I just don't. I don't have the time. Well, it's Oliver Stone, so I mean, it's going to be entertaining. Yeah. Did you did you know that I I must have known this, but I've forgotten completely that Tarantino wrote uh, Natural Born Killers. Yeah. But like he didn't he doesn't get a writing credit on it because Oliver Stone like butchered it. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, I knew yeah, I so- knew Tarantino was involved in it somehow. Yeah, he only got the uh, he requested to only get the story by. And not the written by. Right, because it's similar to True Romance, which Tarantino also wrote. Uh, Yeah, there's some similarities there, yeah, with like the Bonnie and Clyde type thing, yeah. Yeah. So Tarantino, so uh, he hated what Oliver Stone did to the movie? Is that the the story? Uh, I don't know if he hated it, but he really wasn't a fan of it, though. I don't see that's a movie I can't I don't really remember very well either. Natural Born Killers. It's a twisted movie, man. It is a weird, It is twisted. Is Robert Downey Jr. is the cameraman. Yeah, he's reporter. like Australian. He's like Australian. Yeah. <laughs> Danger yeah. Dangerfield is the dad and he's like a complete creep. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's, it's, a it's a tough movie to watch, man. And then Woody and Juliet Lewis. That's it. Yeah. That's all I can think of. Mm. It's actually even more twisted than True Romance, which is kind of twisted. And yeah, True Romance is great, um, and not it's really like a fairy like, tale compared to Natural yeah, Born Killers. Yeah, it's got its moments though, but I mean, in like Tarantino style, right? Yeah. Um, even though he didn't direct that movie, but yeah, but you could see it like in in, in the movie, like in the writing. But I mean, uh, Natural Born Killers just—it's just a. It's, un- it's uncomfortable, like uncomfortable scenes to watch. The father's abusive. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, I don't now know. Oliver Stone, man, he's, he's out there. 
He's out there. He's. I'm not sure what my favorite Oliver Stone movie is. What other Oliver Stone movies are there? The Doors. That's pretty good. Never saw that one. He did W. Didn't see that one. I saw that one. It was all right. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's Brolin. Kind of ripping on Bush. Yeah. It's Oliver Stone. You take everything for what it is. There's some truth in it, and then there's like, you know, you've got a little bit of an agenda. It's, enterta- it's, it's entertaining. Bush was a tough character to play because everybody had did, had did an impression of him. That movie came out not too long after the. Uh, I mean, you know, the I, maybe because I like maybe because I like Brolin, but I thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah, and I'm sure he did. I just that's a tough role to take, though. Yeah, what else, why am I drawing a blank on Oliver Stone movies? He's done. I, mean, I know I've seen a few. Wait, okay, here you go. He did uh, Platoon. Oh, platoon! I, I do like great. platoon. Is another that platoon's pretty twisted. Platoon's good though. Is, is platoon the one with Berenger and Willem Dafoe? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a dark. I mean, it's a war movie. What else? Charlie How else Sheen. You know? That's a dark one, man. The music, which was spoofed on <laughs> Seinfeld with uh, what's his face. Frank Costanza. Oh, what the uh, when he's the cook. When he's the cook, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Platoon is one of those movies that it's not like very rewatchable, but it is great. Did um, do you like Platoon better than Full Metal Jacket? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, Full Metal Jacket is tough to watch too. <laughs> Full Metal. I know. I was just gonna say both are a little uncomfortable. I'd probably give the slight edge to Platoon. A little mm, bit of I'd, a stronger cast. I think I'd go the other way. It's Full Metal Jackets with uh, D'Onofrio at the beginning, right? Yeah, for like the first half, yeah. Matthew Modine. Yeah, Matthew Modine plays... Thousand um, Yard Stare. Matthew Modine plays... Uh, how's the guy? What's his name? Joker. Joker, yes. Yeah. Uh, both, both, yeah, both are very good. So they did Wall Street, Talk Radio, Born on the Fourth of July. That's another tough one. <laughs> the Doors, JFK. Now I don't know this one. Heaven and Earth. They did Natural Born Killers, Nixon, U-Turn, Any Given Sunday. Oh, really nice. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll skip a couple of these. We did one called World Trade Center. They did W. Another Wall Street movie, Savages, Snowden. He did, he did Wall Street too? Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, yeah. Really? The Putin interviews. Yeah, I don't know my favorite. I don't know. I'm, I'm back at square one. I'm not sure. My any Given Sunday is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I do like Any Given Sunday. He's doing a movie with Benicio Del Toro next. Great. Where's Benicio been? He's around. He's just in uh, some movie on HBO Max. Straight, straight to Max? Uh, it might have been in the theaters, too. No sudden move. Huh. It was all right. Wall Street was good. Sheen, Douglas. I love the first Wall Street. Yeah, the second one, I think I saw the second one. It was You kind of knew going in it wasn't going to be any good. Yeah. How do you... I mean, how do you do 
can't do that movie again. Yeah, he's trying to make it like this is not that movie though. Like it's not Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. It's just a different movie. Like he should just he should just kept it separate. If you want to do another finance movie, and there's plenty of shit to do in the two thousands out of that world. Yeah, I don't know why I had to make another Wall Street. I didn't even know if you would ask me if Oliver Stone was did Wall Street too. I would have said no way. It just doesn't come across as a Stone movie. I remember seeing it once, and it just kind of was like a watered down version of the first mm-hmm. Wall Street. I, I only, obviously, I only remember the Charlie Sheen part where he just like walks by. He's like, "Hey," and that was it. Right, he's in it for a second, right? Yeah, quick cameo. And and Douglas is is Douglas in it? I he's the main. Know. See, I don't uh, even remember now. Shia LaBeouf is he in it? Yeah, he's he like the the, he's guy? the main guy. Yeah. Yeah, nah. Should have let Wall Street just leave leave it alone. No, Wall Street's a, like a perfect movie for that time. Oh, for the eighties, yeah, summed it up perfectly. Douglas is in it. Yeah, Brolin's in it. Okay, yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember much about it. I think Sheen shows up with like a woman on each arm, right? At some, <laughs> sounds, at about some party. Right. sounds about right. That might be the only thing I remember about it. <laughs> Oliver Stone. Who's Is the guy that uh, I always get? I always get the Scots confused. Tony Scott and Ridley. Tony and Ridley. Yeah, one of them did Drillmans. I think it was Tony. Yeah, right. Get those guys. One of them Are also you? like jumped off a bridge, right? I think I just. I think you. I just. You just reminded me that there's two Scots. Is that right? One of them committed suicide. I think it was the guy who did True Romance committed suicide. Tony I think it was Tony. Yeah, Tony Scott. 2012, Los Angeles. I think he jumped off a bridge in LA. Yikes. That's a way to go out. Top Gun, Days of Thunder. Suicide by jumping off the Vincent Thomas Bridge. Man, well, yeah, it was went out. It was memorable. Did Beverly Hills Cop two? Yeah, good career, man. And I'm pretty sure Ridley's his brother. Yeah. Yep. Sir, oh, Sir Ridley Scott. That's kind of pardon. Fancy. Yeah, pardon. Pardon you. <laughs> Eighty-three years old, Ridley Scott. Wow. Ridley Scott did Gladiator, Black Hawk Down, Thelma and Louise, Blade Runner. Blade Runner has been on my list for a while. I got to get to Blade Runner. You ever see that? Nope. I got to get to Blade Runner. It's science fiction, so it's not really like my genre necessarily, but I don't know. People swear by it. And I like Ford, so. Got to branch out once in a while, yeah. Yeah, you got to. You do. You do. And, you know, it's Harrison Ford, so. It's uh, it's one of those moves I got to get to. Yeah, you could you could do worse with two hours of your day. Yeah, bingo. Yeah, man, this is tough. What's you know, that? No, I just reading like the details about the suicide. Oh, you're still on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
well, it's not going to be good. No, I guess it wouldn't be. I don't know. I'm looking for like some kind of silver lining there. I'm not going to find it. Yeah, there's not going to be any Tupac, Biggie Smalls, conspiracy, conspiracy theories. He's on an island somewhere, sipping a pina colada. No, well, Ridley came out and said a couple years later he was battling cancer. Oh, I think I remember hearing that. That's right. That kind of makes it a little badass. Yeah, you, you know, you called the shots. Went out on his own terms. Exactly, yeah. Yep. Ah, well, that sucks. Yeah, it's too bad. Tony, we we'll always have true yeah. romance. We will, and we will enjoy it. <laughs> That's uh, that's not like the most. I mean, I think like the most uncomfortable scene is the one where Gandolfini's beating the piss out of Patricia Arquette. Well, that's that's like uncomfortable for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then she turns the tables on him uh, in dramatic fashion. Corkscrew through the foot. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's uncomfortable this scene, but the scene between uh, Christian Slater and Gary Oldman gets a little. Then you shoot him in the dick. That's a little uncomfortable. I like Gary Oldman so much in that movie. <laughs> yeah, Gary Oldman, Cyrus. <laughs> He's good. He's so good. Uh, Her pimp. Yeah, I guess it is a little bit uncomfortable. Like, yeah, early on, I could see that. It's like in a whorehouse. Yeah. And it's before, also, and that's before you really know what the movie is going to be, and then that's kind of like saying, "Oh, this is going to take you some places." Yes. Gary Oldman just showed up in a movie I watched. Uh, Drexel. I said Cyrus. His name is Drexel. <laughs> I had to look it up because I knew I butchered it. Um, Gary Oldman just showed up in a movie I watched. Uh, my wife picked it. It wasn't very good. Amy Adams was in it. Uh, the fuck was it called? It went straight to fucking Netflix probably. I don't even know if it was probably should have had this teed up it was gary oldman julianne moore jennifer jason lee amy adams uh who else stall until i get it what was that was it about uh it was kind of like a uh play on rare window the hitchcock okay I mean, Stan just had one of the worst at bats you'll ever have. I thought he struck out a pitcher girl, to be honest with you. <laughs> I didn't realize. I turned back around. I thought he already struck out. I mean, he had to count 2-0, and and he just swung at three pitches in the other batter's box. I don't know. And the guy, he just, whatever. The name of the movie is. I hope John Carlos' wife comes out and tells everybody he's been betting on games, for Christ's sake. We could prove it. Yeah, yeah. We have the evidence. Yeah. The Woman in the Window. And I've never seen Rear Window. That's Hitchcock, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Jimmy kind Stewart. of a, uh, not a remake, but more of a, I don't know, tribute, if you want to call it. The Man, I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, it wasn't that good. It had a good cast, but based on a novel. I was Oldman, at least. Oldman's great. I love Oldman. There you go. Not even not in it too much, but I don't know. Gary Oldman just uh, – I think we said we got to start giving out, like, the Brian Cox Award. I think Gary Oldman 
is on that level. He shows up, he elevates the movie a couple notches. Yeah, yeah and if it, it's, there's certain guys, they show up in a movie that's not good, and it just makes it like feel a little bit like, all right, it's not a complete waste of time. At least I saw this performance. It's like watching a shitty team, like a 100-loss team. Right. Like, you're like the, oh, you know, the shortstop's great. The Cubs with Andre Dawson, yeah. <laughs> the Cubs with Andre yeah. All right, yeah. That's it. There that's you go. It. You, get, you get an Oscar-worthy performance in a bad movie. That's the Andre Dawson Award. The Andre Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's like Pacino and Geely. Yeah. Although I've no, never even though I, ne- <laughs> no, I never saw Geely either. <laughs> but I assume he was good. Ah, oh, man. Probably crushed it. He was in something... In the past Pacino? couple years, yeah, and it was uh, he played some like singer, it was like estranged from his family, and tried to get back together with his family. And the kid was Bobby Cannavale, but he was get he was sick, and he Pacino wanted to help him, but he didn't want his help because he was been estranged. And it wasn't a great movie, but that but Al was in it, and he was great. And you're like, oh, all right, well at least it didn't. At least, you know, at least it was Al here and not, you know, some it helps, you know, yeah. wannabe. It helps and, when you and have And Bobby too. Yeah, Bobby Cannavale, too, for that matter. I mean, he's just, he's good even in a, not, not a great role, not a great movie. Like, uh, all right, I'm never going to watch that again, but. I told you Sebastian's making a movie, right? With De Niro playing his father. No, is that right? De Niro is playing Sebastian, I believe, is playing himself, and De Niro is playing a version of Sebastian's actual father. Oh man! He was just talking about it on the podcast. His father was slated to have dinner with De Niro. (laughs) De Niro wants to kind of learn his mannerisms and shit. (laughs) No way! I mean, that's that's crazy. Oh, this guy had a TV show coming out, and Tony Danza was supposed to play his father. That gets that gets shelved. He gets the Irishman. Now he's doing a movie with De Niro. I actually saw some of that Danza show too. They uh, they released like a few. I think they filmed like the I mean, they filmed the pilot and I think a couple few episodes. It really? uh, it wasn't very good. I mean, it's a sitcom. It's awesome because Danza, you know, you know Sebastian, but I mean, it was you know. I mean, you know exactly what you're going to get with. Uh, Tony Danza in a sitcom. You know what I mean? He yeah, was, you're getting... Yeah, I know. You're, you're getting Tony Danza. It's Tony Danza. His name is probably Tony in the show. More <laughs> think, than likely, it's Tony. You got to remember, man, you know? And, uh, he's gotta, you know what I mean? He's got to remember his line. You can't have him remember a fake name, too. You know... <laughs> How many times get... has he played Tony? He's got. To, he's had to have played Tony a few times. I mean, who's the boss and Taxi? Right, he was Tony. <laughs> he was. Pro- he was probably Tony in Twelve Angry Men too. Even though he was juror number six, I'm sure his name was really Tony. <laughs> That's an honorary Tony. I watched the original uh, Twelve Angry Men. God, I don't know. Could have been six months ago at this point. Yeah. Had probably a snow day, or I don't remember exactly. Yeah, not bad. I couldn't remember if I'd ever seen it, so I I taped it. And it's that uh, I can't even think of who anybody who was in it. But I know I'd seen the TV one. 
when it first came out. You remember the TV version of 12 Angry Men? No. It no. aired on like NBC. Uh, I think it may air on NBC originally. It was like 97. It was Danza. Gandolfini was in it. Oh, wow. Uh, George C. Scott. Whoa. He was towards okay. the end. Yeah. It was a loaded. Like I knew a lot of people in the remake. The, um, the original was a lot of older guys. Mm. Um, I forget who else was in the remake. There, there, was a few, there was a few guys. So, yeah, I finally had gone back and watched the original. Jack Lemmon. Jack Lemmon's in the remake. Yeah, Courtney B. Yes. Yeah, how did Tony Danza Johnny Cochran. Edward, Edward James Olmos. Edward James Olmos. He was married to Lorraine Bracco, right? Was he really? I don't know that. No, she was married a few times. I think that may have been one of them. She married to Harvey Keitel. So Harvey Tony- had her, like, young. Tony Danza's first role was in a movie called Fast Lane Blues, a TV movie in 1978 playing the role of Tony. Unbelievable. 1978 to 1983, Taxi, Tony. Oh, this might be even worse. He's in a movie called Don't Ask Me, uh, Don't Ask Me, Ask God. <laughs> it was a TV really? special in 1984, and he played Italian soldier. <laughs> it's basically Tony. Uh, then he was in, wow, I didn't know this. So he was in a, a TV series called Living Dolls for an episode as Tony Maselli. Oh, wow. So yeah. he was the boss was a, a, a what do you call it? Call it spinoff. Spinoff, yeah. Then he played Tony Maselli on who, who's, on who's the Boss. Uh, do, you know, do you see anything like that anymore? Like the amount of spinoffs that happened in the 80s? Yeah, I mean, everything's a spinoff now. Everything really, everything's with everything now. Everything is a part, a part of everything. Like all the Marvel shit is all from. True. It's all spun off from you know different properties or whatever you call them. Because you don't even realize all the spinoffs back then. Like you know, Family Matters was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. Yeah, yeah. Right, and I mean that, that's the one that sticks think, out to me. I think Laverne and Shirley was a spinoff of Happy Days. Yeah, I think they, yeah, because they hung out inside, uh, what was that diner called in Happy Days? Arthur's? Al's, maybe. Like, Al was the guy, but his name's Arthur. No, Al was the heavyset chef. Yes. Arthur was the name of the place, and he was a little, the Chinese owner. There was a Chinese owner? I think so. I think Arthur's a Chinese guy. Yeah, but I think that's, yeah, I think that's where Laverne and Shirley first debuted. Then you had obviously Joni loves Chachi was spinoff. Yeah, it's an obvious one. Yeah, I don't know. So now you see it in movies more. I'm not sure if Joni loves Chachi would be uh, famous today if it wasn't for Zoolander. Ah, I don't remember Zoolander very well. Oh, he's just that's like there's a line in there. We just that's all he says. It's like just Joni. It's like this. It's a Joke that doesn't land. I think it's Stiller's making fun of somebody. He just goes, Joni loves Chachi. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's a good point. I don't know. Because it, do, it has, does have a little bit of staying power, Joni loves Chachi, even though I never watched an episode of it. Never. Happy Days. Yeah, I love Happy Days. Yeah, I was trying to explain to my son recently uh, how, like, the Fonz would just. Well, first, I explained to him what a jukebox was. 
Yeah. And then I had to explain to him how the Fonz were just like give it an elbow and it was start playing whatever song you wanted to play. Oh, I mean, the coolest guy ever. Coolest guy in TV history. Maybe. Do you know? Yeah, he's the, the, the never will be uh, surpassed as the coolest guy on TV. I mean, he, he's basically an adjective. Do I have that right? An adjective? A verb? Like you say, like when you're describing someone cool, it's like the fonts. Yeah, he's got some fonts to him. Yeah. Do you – is there any restaurant anywhere that you know of that still has the little jukeboxes in the booth? Oh, uh, like the diners used to have? Yeah. Yeah, I remember those growing up. Nah, I don't think so, man. That there's got to be there's got to be some somewhere, but that's a that's a nice touch if you if you go to a place and it has those. It might be my mission to find it. I find one of those places. There's got to be some old school like retro type places like that. Nah, I want a retro. I want a place that still has like the same ones from 1987. And like you can still see the smoke. Well, maybe they are from 1987, but they probably kind of like pride themselves on being old school. Uh, they've got means they clean it though and stuff. I want to I want to see like the uh the yellow smoke stains on it and you know it's all falling apart. Yeah. The authenticity, you know. Right. Continuity. You want to make sure they're back from 1987. Exactly. The best no part of the best part about those was just the the randomness of of the options that they had. You just never knew. It would be something in front. It would be like Mariah Carey would be in one, and then Tony Bennett would be below her. And then it would be like Ace of Bass, and then it would be the Beach Boys. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, yeah. It was great. <laughs> Big-time variety. Yeah. And you're like, all right, I'll sit on the Righteous Brothers. <laughs> we'll play You've Lost at Love and Peeling because I just saw Top Gun last week. <laughs> who the hell is number 64 in the Yankees is that the bench coach uh, he took over for Boone Josh Bard oh, he looks like a gigantic loser though yeah the coaching staff has some problems it's <laughs> some issues there <laughs> Uh, some deep rooted issues. Let's let's wrap it up, and you could tell uh, you could tell us what you what you told uh, what you told me yesterday about the pitching coach. All right, about the pitching. Oh, okay. All right, all right. So I think that's it for uh, Sunday pour for Monday night. Uh, I'm not sure what our plan is for Thursday. We'll figure something out. You may or may not hear from us on Friday. Um, You'll know, you'll know Friday morning. Uh, thanks for spending time with us. Have a great fucking day. We'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah, talk to you when we talk to you. See ya. What you sent me was one of the more damning things you could possibly read about one of your coaches. I mean, that's hard. Yeah, so let me see if I can find it. Uh... Was Cashman called out on that too, or is that something else I'm thinking of? Well, like Cashman's, yeah, he was undying, called out. Yeah, his undying loyalty to analytics. Yeah, he said, uh, yeah, "Well, I'm not, I'll pair. I'll, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but like a random scout was asked who's most responsible for the Yankees not getting to the World Series, and this was 
I think written last offseason. So it's fairly recent, like October, November last year. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, but if Hal Steinbrenner really wants to look at where one of the biggest problems is, it's Brian Cashman right now. That's who the Yankees worrying more about analytics than letting his players play. That's who is responsible for the experiment to bring in the Eric Cressy pitching analytic guy. That didn't work. I don't even know who that is or what that's referring to. I'm I'm sure that Matt Blake is a nice enough kid, but he's so overmatched as a big league pitching coach. It's unbelievable. That is. Then he 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 uses the word gravitas. Do you know how to? Do you know that word? Gravitas. Gravitas. Yeah. Not familiar with that word, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start using it. He (laughs) has no gravitas as a person. I had to look up what that meant. It was basically like no like respect, like no like. No, like, uh, for lack of a better term, like, no stones. Like, no one's going to respect the guy. You got to have a little gravitas. Right. <laughs> he has no gravitas as a person when he goes out there. He looks fearful and scared of the moment, which isn't a surprise because he's a, he was coaching in high school a couple of years ago. And then they go on. I mean, it tells the story right there. That's brutal. So, yeah. Matt Blake. Yeah, I, I, it's – it, it was weird when they brought him in, and uh, that's uh, kind of what <laughs> the fear was: bringing this nobody pitching. They back. don't believe in they don't. They're like the only you know run organization, run company that doesn't believe in job experience. <laughs> like everywhere yeah. you go, everywhere you go. Like minimum two years, you know, job experience, five year job experience. This guy just like goes from. I don't even know how you, like, how do you scout out who's a good high school coach? Like, where is this guy coaching high school? Yeah, you got to be a. I mean, if Steve Amansky can't get a job in the big leagues, I don't know why this guy does. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what like Bob Hurley Sr. won a thousand championships in high school. Never, I don't know if he ever wanted to, but he never sniffed the NCAA or or NBA for that. You know. Yeah, I assume he could have gotten a college job, but I really don't know. Yeah, you see, the basketball guys have a very. I don't know what it is. It's like they have a lot of staying power, more so than any other sport i feel like and they could just stay there forever at some of these schools not nba obviously but like high school and college if you if you're the right coach in the right place you could stay there for a couple generations yeah i mean football has doesn't quite have the same amount bobby bowden who actually just passed away I mean, he's yeah. at florida state forever I feel like football's got a few big guys, but I feel like those guys are all, a few big guys who stick around. But I feel like there's definitely more maneuvering going on in in, in NCAA football, right? Because you have Saban; he's like right now the guy. But he, you know, he was coaching LSU. He went to the pros. Yeah, but I look at like yeah. Jay, like Jay Wright's been at Villanova forever. Obviously, Shashevsky and. Uh, Roy Williams who just let, didn't he just retire from? Yeah, you know. Bayheim, Calhoun. Yeah, I mean these guys just stick around for some. I don't know if it's just like I don't know what it is. I really don't. They're the stars, man, in college basketball. The coaches are the stars. Yeah, that's that's a good point. 
that's a good point. Uh, but even still, like, there's some smaller schools that have guys that that go that stick around for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it is it is a little bit unique because you don't see that in other sports. Yeah, I mean you're never gonna see that in the pros. I feel like a guy like well, Popovich no, no. is the longest. Popovich has to be up there as one of the longest tenured. Yeah, for like, sure. pro coaches, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and that got Belichick in football. Yeah, I mean, and they both pretty pretty much the same formula. They they got a superstar. They won constantly with them throughout their entire careers, and. uh you know, Pop had had some gravitas where he's able to stick around <laughs> after after uh, Duncan, you know, retires. And Belichick, same thing. I mean, he's not going anywhere until he decides to. Second base. Um, hey, you got to throw the ball second base. Good play. Brett, Brett knows. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like – in the pros, there's like maybe one guy. Yeah, the one, one guy. Yeah. It's almost impossible. Yeah. If, if you make yeah. it a decade somewhere, that's a great job. Yeah. Just, well, Aaron Boone, we'll see. Aaron Boone's like six years away. He'll get he'll Yeah, get he'll there. get He'll probably be the longest tenure Yankee coach ever. <laughs> you know, you know he's – what what, if I asked you right now, odds he's back, give me a percentage. Uh, if they make the playoffs, he's coming back. Well, yeah. Now, yeah. I'm saying if, if they lose a wild card game, he's coming back, I think. I feel like it's 60 40. 60 40 is back. I mean, Chad Green just throws fucking batting practice. Yeah, I can't stand this fucking guy. We could have we gotten some pieces for a couple bullpen guys. Yeah, Green is just you can't. You can't. At some point, he's got to. You got to stop trusting him. You can't fucking keep throwing him out there. Yeah, well, I mean, they left Lasagna in way too long. I mean, it was clear that he didn't have it. Yeah. You know, every time uh, they spotted Tyler Wade there, every time they mentioned Tyler Wade on the radio, John has to mention how bad he is at hitting. He does. <laughs> oh, he has to. Yeah, he made a nice. Play. The last two times I heard him mention in the car, he had first a couple uh, last week. He made a nice play in the field, and uh, he goes, "Oh, wait, no problem with the hot corner. Can't. Or he's a terrible hitter, but very good with the glove." <laughs> and then, t- and then tonight, he made a nice play, and didn't say anything right away. End of the inning. Went to commercial, comes back, and he's like, ah, I forgot to mention the numbers on Wade. Just atrocious. You know, gives gives the numbers, you know, it's 18 for 60, whatever. You know, there's no home runs and you know, negative seven RBIs, whatever he has. And he's like, <laughs> it's like that's baseball in 2021. You have two or three players in your lineup that have under 200 batting average. <laughs> that's not good, man. <laughs> the good teams don't. The good teams don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like the good, the good teams, you know. And it's fitting that they're playing the Field of Dreams game on Thursday because this team is setting back offense like a hundred years. <laughs> I mean, I just can't get. I know they've gotten a couple of big hits here late in the game. Judge just got one. That was mm-hmm. a uh, nice change of pace. 
Yeah, poked it the other way. It was not like a swing from his heels swing. Right. Nice. But for the for for the most part, I mean, is it is it is it half is it glass half empty? You're totally for, you're hundred percent glass half empty. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna say it anyways. But is it glass half empty to think like that? This offense day in and day out is just disgraceful. <laughs> they keep they keep winning though. I know, but I mean, Mayor's the pitching first team. It's going to be high the pitching staff. Well, I mean, I mean, I would, I would think they're definitely pitching staff, but pitching first. But I'll, I'll just throw. I'm not going. I'm going to leave last year out of it. Okay. But in 2017, they got shut out three times. 2018, four times. 2018, 2019, twice. That's nine times in three years. So far this year, seven times they've been shut out. Like, how is that possible to just – there's just something nice. Ty- it feels like Wade once and, a week. You have Tyler Wade and Brett, and Brett Garner in the, in the lineup. It just – the lineup becomes very short with those guys there. But they don't yeah. even, like, hit home runs anymore. Uh, those guys get pitched around, and they, they, they find a way around those guys. I it's got to be. It's got to be more than that. Do we really think that Luke Voigt is going to keep hitting home runs? Do we really think that? I mean, all these bargain bin guys are going to keep hitting the ball. I mean, Glaber is not a home run hitter. I think. I think. I, I think he got victimized by because you mentioned it that last week or two weeks ago that he might not be the hitter that we thought he was, but he might have got victimized by the juice ball that was out there a couple of years ago. And he, he hit home runs. It was all against the Orioles. So you hit bad that, pitching. Yeah, that and the Orioles pitching staff. Well, it was all, it was all against bad pitching. Scumbags. But, but you, get, you, you got a year with 38 home runs or whatever it was, and you're looking at your numbers. You, you might not think, oh, it's all against the Orioles. Like, no, look, I could, if I got all those hits against the Orioles, I could spread it around next year. I could you know, improve on that. And if they change the balls around, he might get victimized thinking I'm a home run. His swing might have actually changed thinking that he was a home run hitter when he should be hitting line drives and, you know, doubles into the gap. Yeah, more of a – maybe a contact first guy because he does tend to get a little uppercutty, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Line drive be, – if be a line drive hitter, maybe that's what he is. So I don't know if he got victimized by that. And uh, it's, it's frustrating. It's annoying to watch, but he's got he's to change his, his um, approach. You know, he's got – Here's your guy. Oh, here, this is, you know the next guy's getting a hit now. I want to know the average, what the, like, the team opposing batting average is after a Matt Blake visit. <laughs> it's it's got to be at least 450. 872. <laughs> I, just, I just get mad when I look at the other teams in our division that we're competing with. Yeah. And I see, like, Boston, Tampa, and Toronto have outscored us by 100 runs. How is that? You're the Yankees, man. How is that possible? Yeah, yeah. It's how's no one even warming? Like, shouldn't there be someone kind of warming up behind Green just in case, like he walks this guy? I don't know. Don't they ever think ahead? I I feel like there's a lot of uh, they're going to do it, and that's all there is to it. There's no second. (laughs) There's no uh, second option. No plan B. Yeah, no plan B. Like, yeah, he's going to take care of it. And then he doesn't. Like, oh, shit, we, we should have planned in case he didn't take care of it. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just mad. I'm just disgusted with the offense. Like, you know, they lose 2 nothing Sunday. 
they ruined the kid Gill. Like, I mean, they were lucky to take three out of four. Because, yeah. I mean, they came back in all those games, really. Thursday, the Gallo dinger. Friday, Stanton bailed, bailed them out. Gardner, mm-hmm. big hit. Mm-hmm. Saturday, like I said, I, I was in the car. That rally came out of nowhere. I was not – I mean, they looked dead. He looked like he was going to give up 12 runs. Yeah. Somehow he sticks around for the win, and then they, come, they have a rally just out of nowhere. And then Sunday, you know, they get blank. So it's almost like I, they should feel fortunate to take three out of four. But I just, I just watching them play, man. It's just, oof. Was yesterday was the first day without Rizzo, right? Like that was announced yesterday, and he was out yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna suck for ten days. We, they, they, they goes that goes right through the makeup games of the Red Sox. Yeah. yeah who the fuck knows? Uh, yeah. I mean, you just you don't know. He's back when he's back. While he's, I mean, right now he's just not. I mean, that ball looked like it was crushed. Yeah, was, got it. he had to reach a little bit for it. <laughs> yeah, if he went opposite field with that, that might have that was going to be trouble. <laughs> he tried to pull it though. And you saw, man, the Voight error today in the seventh led to a run. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think they called an error. Did they give Voight an error? Or did they give the pitcher an error? It looked like a ball that should have been caught, right? It was not a great throw, but you should have caught it for sure. <sighs> Whatever. I mean, I what are you going to do? You have to, you have to live with Voight over there right now. I mean, the Yanks, Yanks got to run because the ball hit second base. So, <laughs> All right. So we're, we're, we're where we're supposed to be, 2-2 two, two in the ninth. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. It's uh, – I mean, can fly. someone tell this team that it's okay to knock a starter out in the third or fourth inning? I'm old enough to remember when the Yankee offense could do that. Maybe put up a crooked number. Would be nice. Would be nice. I mean, it's, it's 2021, and Brett Gardner is still giving us the grittiest at bats late games. He does. That's. I mean, that the guy's hitting great. 198. Man, that's a problem. Yeah, there's uh, the only other guy you can see is Rizzo making those having those at bats. And and Gallo puts together good at bats too. He just strikes out a lot at the end of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a strikeout guy. We know that. Well, yeah, he's like the quintessential 20, 21 player where it's on base is great. True hits, outcome hits, guy. Hits, yeah, hits dingers and uh, strikes out. Uh, but he does put together some decent at bats, though. Outside of that, I mean, you saw what Stanton does. He's just flailing. Yeah, and he actually had a decent weekend, but yeah, he just yeah, I can't understand some of Stan's at bats. No, <laughs> this is hard to explain. He looks so bad sometimes. I feel like a, a little, like a small portion of Yankee fans have started to turn on Judge. Is that right? It's minuscule, I think. Where, I might where, be going by 0.01% on Twitter. Have you heard any calls to the fan? Uh, no. I've not, I've, not heard any, I've not heard any calls into the fan. Hey, you got big hits against last place Kansas City, though. Uh, it goes a long way. I'll take it. At this point, I will, I will take it because I did not think he was getting a hit in a million years there. He had a bomb in the day, but that was, uh, that was early, right? 
Yeah, it was the first inning. <laughs> Very early. Yeah, they just don't hit home runs. I mean, this team is built to hit home runs, and if you don't hit home runs, you see why everyone's outscoring them. I mean, I don't want to blame the baseball because everyone's playing with the same baseball. Oh, uh, look, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take a, a second baseman who should be a, a singles-doubles guy. That's one thing. But the judges, stands, gallows of the world has to be hitting it out. They have to hit home runs. That's yeah, their game. That, yeah, that's that, that's not excuse the ball. I mean, they're gonna they when they were hitting home runs, they were going a million miles. So it's like, true. they they get home runs just not as far. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, right, right. And they don't they they do tend to play in a smaller ballpark also. Yeah. Yes. I mean, <laughs> you, you you do have you do have like a very nice home field advantage. Yeah. Maybe Judge is a leadoff hitter. <laughs> He might be a leadoff hitter. I mean, he, he works counts full, right? Mm-hmm. He's not great in the clutch. Not a great RBI guy. Maybe he should bat first. Judge one, Rizzo two. It's not a bad idea. It's not because they already moved LeMahieu down, which I'm not – I don't know. I don't know. It's weird moving Gardner to one. But, okay, they, they did it. Maybe you want to lengthen your lineup a little bit. Mm. Well, Mayhew's struggling, but he's not the worst guy to have up in an RBI spot. Maybe he is better in the five or six hole. Man, that was – I mean, when you take that pitch, that's not a good bet. High cheese. Don't, yeah, don't I mean, they're not going to win this game. Some movement on that. High slider. It's, just, it's hard to get excited about a Yankee team that can't score runs. It's like what they're built on. <laughs> any, any good team is built on scoring runs. No, not like the Yankees, though. Yeah, when you have all the when you have all fucking, these monsters in the lineup, you're supposed to score runs. The fucking Bronx Bombers, right? Murderers Row. Yeah. How many times have we heard about how tough it is to pitch to this lineup? I'm not seeing it. It looks pretty fucking easy to me every day. Baby Bombers. That's that's like I, that's my biggest pet peeve when people talk about the Yankees, especially after they they, they acquired Rizzo and Gallo. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you pitch to this team? <laughs> it's like they ne- they never score. Like, what do you mean they never score? <laughs> yeah, they still are scratching together runs. Yeah, um, sometimes. So sometimes. it's just yeah, it's it's tough watching this lineup. That's my that's my piece on the Yankees. The second wild card will keep them in it, but I still don't think they're going to be the second wild card. What a last name for this guy, Love Lady. It was a famous porn star whose last name was – no, it was Love Lace. That one. Love Lady would have been a little too much. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a little bit on – that's her occupation. That's what, that's what she puts on her tax return. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Linda Love Lace, the Love Lady. <laughs> What's this guy's first name? No idea. Reverend Love Lovejoy? Reverend Love Lady? <laughs> Pretty close to lunch lady. <laughs> Love Lady Land. <laughs> <laughs> works oh, boy, just hits a, hit, boy just hits a fucking bomb for his confidence. Guy works quick though. Sets up. Knows what's coming. Yeah, is, that is actually a refreshing thing to see. Oh, get up. 
Get up. Uh, come on. See ya. Wow, you heard it for air on Sunday. Oh, four. man. There he is. And he's putting the finger up. Luke Voigt, number one. No more moping, baby. Boom. No more moping. Good clubhouse guy. When he's hitting dingers, he's a great clubhouse guy. Eat that burger. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So I'm going to make a case right now against against lefties. Yeah. I think you have to DH Voigt. Yeah. And live with Stanton in the outfield and have Gardner be Stanton's caddy. Yeah. Right? Because like Voight, yeah. Voight could Voight could Voight could literally the next week hit two dingers a game. Mm-hmm. And I do not want to watch him play first base ever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for if he can hit if he's hitting, man, keep him in the lineup against lefties for sure. Wow. That's the first time the, the Sunday poor been the opposite of the Sunday poor jinx. Well, we'll see. There's still well, I, I all I called was a, a Voight dinger. I didn't. I didn't say Zach Britton's getting three outs. <laughs> Shit, yeah, stick on for the fucking bottom of the ninth, I guess. I don't know. Last time we did that, though. I know. I want to reverse the curse, though. Change the season around. Maybe. Yeah. You never know. Did you hear Britain's that? Been, Britain has been very, very tight, uh, tight rope hacked. I'm just going to tight go. wire, tight. I got caught in between tight wire and tight rope. <laughs> tight rope. I'm just going to go through green. All right. Yeah, you don't. You don't know that he might be starting the ninth. <laughs> Matt, Matt Blake saw some good things. <laughs> he went over some important stuff in that conversation they had. Did you hear that uh, when Fernando Tatis comes back, they might play him in center field? Uh, no. Who's their center fielder? Trent Grissom? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like I know Padres baseball, but Tatis has struggled at shortstop. No, he makes like the flashy plays, but, yeah, I don't know. The, I don't Pretty know. sure he led the league in errors. That, like, he had a lot of errors at the beginning of the season. And I know there was, there well, they, was a little, there was some rumblings about that they didn't really love his defense. Oh, really? Well, the, the reason they said was to protect his shoulders. Oh. More hey, you that. never know, man. Maybe it could be his new position. Yeah, not the first B- guy. Biggio went from second. Biggio, did he start as a catcher? You know, from catcher to second to the outfield, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe he is a Hall of Famer. Uh, Robin, Yount, Robin Yount went from shortstop to outfield to center field, I think. Yes, he was. Yeah, shortstop to center. That's yeah. weird. It's weird. You, yeah. Usually, I mean that's a that's a movement. Usually, you see like uh, outfielders become first. They try to hide hide him at first base at some point in their career. Yeah, but that's like that's like a it's two very skilled positions that you're dealing with, but. That's, that's, I mean, you see, you see guys how they struggle going to the outfield, like Anduar. Yeah, and they're just gonna throw Tatis out there, and it's just—is it just natural athletic ability instinct? 
I, uh, I think it's baseball, just having that baseball, you know. I think it's just acumen. hit or miss. Like, he might be awesome in center. He might be a disaster. I don't think you know until you know. Uh, they must have some idea, though. No? I mean, you would think, but this is 2021 baseball. They might yeah. just be like, our computer says he's really fast. He can <laughs> shag fly balls, you know? Like, who knows? It's fair. Chuck Knobloch went from second to left. Yeah. Well, he had to. He had the yips. He couldn't throw. Couldn't make the throw to first anymore. Yeah. I was at a game when, actually, Knobloch came in with the Royals. He was playing left field back in probably, like, 02. He had some problems with the law at some point. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. Is he in jail? I don't know, man. But he... He, like, showed up to Old Timers Day with a black eye one year. <laughs> I think they were honoring the 98 team. <laughs> yeah, so did I, but I was on the field. Yeah, he, I think he had some domestic, some boozing, doing a little boozing. <laughs> Sip him back on Grandpa's old cough medicine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he had some, yeah, he had some issues, Chuck. All right. Well, looking forward to seeing him in the next Old Timers Day. He used to be on Twitter. I think he blocked me on Twitter years ago. Well, that's too bad. Why would you? I mean, do you remember what you said to him? I think he's like, uh, I think he like ripped off Bald Vinny or something. Stole like a t-shirt idea from him. Oh, you let him have it? Like, I, I didn't even like say anything too bad. Like, I just called him out. I was like, what's up with this? And I think he went back at me a, a few times and then eventually blocked me. I was just looking out for the small business owner, man. Like, Chuck Knobloch doesn't need to make blame. Maybe he does. I don't know. Probably does, yeah. Yeah, he probably does. Spent all his money on, like, Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> Jameson. Miller Lite yeah, lawyers. Yeah. Yeah, if I had to guess, Chuck Knobloch is not. It's so, yeah, man. It's so weird, like, when you see some of these, like, ex-athletes, man, they just – I mean, you really learn that they're human, not to get too yeah. deep. Well, but you're right, Tom. When you're a kid, they think these guys got it all figured out. And uh, then when they – when you I mean, Chuck Knobloch, man. He's rookie of the year with the Twins. Lead, like – Yeah, multiple championships. Turns out he's a drunk like us. Who can't handle his money, yeah. Yeah. Who's got a pain in the ass wife, apparently? Some <laughs> <laughs> ex wife at this point. <laughs> and then you get like the extreme examples, like fucking, you know, John Wetland and Chad Curtis. Like, oh, yeah. The pedophiles. It's like, what? Yeah, Wetland was like a hero, man. The guy's at the mound for 96. and uh, Bro, and, I mean, MVP of the 96 World Series, yeah. which is like one of the most important World Series in the history of the franchise. Yeah. Boom. Oh, there's yeah, the kid. Yeah, Velasquez. There's the What's kid. Yeah, Velasquez. Yeah, the jockey. <laughs> John. John <laughs> Velasquez Jr. at shortstop. Nice grab. That might be the best play shortstop's made in uh, Yankee uniform this season. Two hands, too. I like how yeah, they went fun, two hands. Fundamentally sound. Wade fundies. Up, big fundies. <laughs> <laughs> big fundies guy. Two away here in the bottom of the ninth. Whit Merrifield, the Royals' best hitter. 0 for 4. 
Nah, Perez is their best hitter. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. I've, I mean, I, you're just I have, him. I have Merrifield in uh, fantasy. He's actually falling off a cliff. I think I've mentioned this before. Sal Perez is probably my favorite player. It's not a Yankee. He's a uh, professional, right? I mean, he's just the catcher's been doing doing it for a long time. Plays every fucking game. Like I love that shit. I mean, yeah. Not every game, you know, but man, he's the leader. People, everybody, everybody loves the guy. He's uh, a feared hitter. I think I saw him at home run in person too. Um. That's one thing I like that Girardi did this weekend. Riamuto played every game behind yeah. the plate. Mm-hmm. Like the Yankees would never do that. Well, I'm not sure they have a catcher as good as Riamuto. Yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like that's like kind of like your manager knowing, like, all right, NL East on the line. Got to win these First games, place. Yeah. Like, we're not doing any day game after night game bullshit. Yeah. And I did not handicap that series correctly. I thought the Mets were going to win two out of three. I did say Wheeler was going to stick it to him, though. <laughs> Which, I mean, if there was, I mean, if there was ever a fuck you game, it was Zach Wheeler who just stuck it to him. <laughs> he was so Britain walks him on four pitches. I mean, Britain just the control just isn't. Yeah, it was not a good pitch sequence at all. It was ugly. It's not quite there, but. I mean, it is. This is why you have Britain, you because you know, guy with closer experience could step in when mm-hmm. Chapman's not there. Not you see, Lo- you see, and you see Green. I mean, you trust yeah. those guys in the ninth inning over Britain? Probably not. Uh, Executive yeah. stolen bases without getting caught. That's three shy of the record. Come on, let's let's save Beltron's record, Higgy. <laughs> <laughs> Was this whole, Nicky Lopez? Is that yeah, he just, he just cannot let it get. Cannot. Uh, well, I mean, I'm gonna say don't let it get to Perez, but then Nicky Lopez, Nicky Lopez, is gonna put it out of the park. Yeah, or put one in the gap for like a triple. Yeah. Yeah, the control is just not there for Britain. I don't know. I don't know if that's like a feel thing, or that's for missing so much time. Could be. I mean, what's, talking, Matt, what's Matt Blake getting paid for, man? Fix Zach Britton. They're talking about Tyone and how it took him a while to kind of get back, you know, come back from multiple injuries and surgeries and stuff, and it took him just a, a long time to kind of find his groove. But Imagine a guy good. like Garrett Cole, like Matt Blake, trying to talk to him about pitching. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Fuck out of here, you fucking dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, no way. Like you know what I mean? Like the the Yankee, like you like most most of the time, pitching coaches are ex major league pitchers. Yeah, and that, now we have seen managers do well who weren't ex players. Like Buck Showalter wasn't a player. Forget you know, Garrett, um, forget Garrett Cole. Can you imagine like Jack Morris being coached by that guy? That's a strike. Yes, yes. imagine Jack Morris getting coached by that guy. <laughs> Oral Hershiser in his prime. Oh my God! No, no way. Or Clemens? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. It's Rand- just... Randy Johnson coached by Matt oh, Blake. Oh, <laughs> my God. Randy Johnson would make Matt Blake cry, dude. <laughs> Randy Johnson's the biggest dickhead in the world, man. <laughs> yeah, he would have sent him home crying to his mom. Are you kidding me? I mean, Flaherty still hates Randy Johnson. 
when you hear him talk about him. Where's his pitch? He up at him, or is he gonna go go out outside? Again? I think you got to try and get him to chase that pitch down. And he's got to got to bounce it. Oh, Higgy, you got to be ready, oh. man. I mean, he was gonna he was gonna have it anyway. Yeah, I think he stole that one off the pitcher. Yeah. So Merrifield, two away from tying Beltron for consecutive stolen bases without being caught. Oh, it was delayed. Oh, he steal. wasn't wrecked. It was a delayed oh. delayed steal. Delayed steal in that spot is fucking bossy. Well, oh, they don't call him. But uh, it's a uh, hey, it's stealing bases is a uh, it's a science. It's not yeah. just about being fast. Maybe that's why he doesn't get caught. Yeah, I didn't even know what he saw to go because did he did he see that the pitch was inside and that Higashio was going to have to reach across his body? Did he just see that and that it just took off? Like he saw him starting to reach and then he was like, "I'm going." I don't know. Oh no! What the fuck? Three three oh, tie game. Man, nice fucking shift. Yep, right where the shortstop should have been. It's a fucking ground ball to the fucking shortstop. Well, I guess now we got to watch Sal Perez hit. Good God. Oh, the Royals have life. We've reignited the Royals. On pace for like ninety-five losses. Oh wait, this is oh, no Perez pinch, out of the game. Pinch ran for him. Yeah, I could have got just walked Nicky Lopez to get to this guy's man. Ah, uh. yeah. Fundamentals: steal, stolen base, base hit. Do we get to the tenth inning? Is the question because this guy's going to try and steal. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have my this, He's hitting one ninety eight. I mean, put us out of our misery now. Yeah, I mean, how long are you going to make me stay awake for? Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's been a tough uh, year. Tough year to root for the Yankees. It's just uh, miserable. Yeah, man. You got to shut the door against the Royals, man. Fucking first game here. First game here. Yeah, I mean, it's the Royals, man. Oh, Oh my God. God. Well... As predicted, Nicky Lopez is on second base. <laughs> and now not, uh, not Hunter even, Dozier. Not even close. Not even, oh, it's a terrible throw. Yeah. I wow. Mean, good throw is close. He's probably still safe, but. I don't know, man. I think a good throw may have had him if it's on the bag. That's a terrible throw. We'll never know it. 
No, I, I can't even – no. <laughs> I can't even picture a, a good throw there. <laughs> that was so That bad. was so far from being a good throw that I can't picture it. And he had two bad throws in the inning, man. What the fuck? All right, well, Agashioka getting exposed a little bit. Are we sure that's not Rob Brantley back there? Rob Brantley never looked that bad. <laughs> all right, so we're heading to the 10th. Picket fence been being built by both teams the last all three right. innings. The next ninth inning. Next ninth yeah. inning, we'll, we'll wait till October to start turning around. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'll get this out. That was a tough one. I'll talk to you later, man. All right.